We are back. We are back. Welcome to match point number nine, a tennis bets podcast. I am one of three hosts here, David E.J. Berger. You can find our show handle at MP9Tennis. And if this is your first time listening, chances are that's how you found us. Welcome. Hello. And if you're a returning listener, which according to Spotify, there are. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. Uh, nice little year-end wrap there. Uh, with me, as always, is uh, my number one tennis talking bro, Derek. Derek, hello. Hey, what's up, guys? It's been a bit. I actually kind of forgot about tennis. Maybe you did, too. But that's why I'm here. And maybe that's why you're here, too. Yes. And joining us once again, we are very thrilled to still have him around. Mr. John Reed at JR Tweets Tennis. This guy is a tennis betting extraordinaire. You can find his own brand at Tidbits Tennis. Uh, he writes for Action Network, Betting Expert, Hammer HQ. If you bet tennis, you know this guy. John, thank you uh, for joining us once again. All right. Thanks for having me. Excited to uh, chat 2023. It's just around the corner. We uh, no rest for the wicked. And I guess we're wicked people that watch tennis. Yes. Last time we were uh, on the mics uh, was Paris. Unfortunately, we, we haven't been able to link up and record. We didn't see Holger Runa taking down Novak <laughs> in that one. So that was a surprise. And uh, Runa obviously is a name. We'll probably be talking about in this episode as it's a an ATP specials episode. We're going to take a look at some of the bets that are being offered right now on various sites and platforms for a season special. Now, it's a little bit interesting because, you know, football, when you lock it in, depending on when you bet it, it's only a few months. This, these are <laughs> this is going to lock up your money for, for quite some time as tennis is a year-round sport. So I uh, definitely want to uh, make sure that the juice is worth the squeeze in terms of the investment. But I think these are, are, are fun, I think just good topics uh, of discussion to get us kind of thinking about the new year. It's only a couple weeks away because tennis <laughs> has a very short off season. So uh, we are going to be right back with it. All right, guys. Well, let's kick it off here. First one we're going to talk about, it's uh, two angles here on the top eight. So I have uh, from Bovada. Uh, to finish in the year-end top eight. Now, this is top eight in singles rankings at the year end of 2023. Right off the bat, I just want to say they have uh, Stefano Tsitsipas at minus 140, and uh, I, I would say the juice is worth the squeeze there. I, I, I feel like there's about zero chance for, for Steph to not finish ranked eighth or higher. I don't know how you guys feel. I feel like that's very light on that one. I, I kind of don't know why he's why he's so low on that compared to, I mean, Sinner is even money. And I could see Sinner finishing outside the top eight. Yeah, same Bruna as well. I think might be the one that that's more concerning than even Sinner in terms of kind of dethroning him. Like he's the eighth favorite on that list, right? So he's the one that the books at least believe is the most susceptible to drop out. And that's why, you know, obviously his odds are the cheapest ones of anyone in that top of those top eight selections. I think the the question is who drops out um, or who yeah. <clears throat> if. Runa jumps in, which I suspect Runa very well could. Just the surface versatility improves, sir. We'll get to that as we talk about other markets. I'll touch more on Holger Runa. But I think Holger might jump in there. And if that's the case, now we're trying to see who drops out ahead of Pass. And for me, I actually think Zverev, we we don't know how that injury is going to come around. He's probably someone that I think Steph could build up a lead on in the earlier portions of the season. Plus, Zverev has to recover a lot of uh, ranking points, right? Because he, he's he been out for so long. So I think that Steph at minus 140 is an interesting look for sure. Yeah, definitely. You got to look at who's like going to be dropping out. If you're looking at Rublev right here, he's a plus 175 to finish in the top eight. And then what he was like the last spot. In the ATV final, unless you want to count Fritz for jumping in for Alcaraz. But it's just like Rublev, his game's kind of plateaued, if you ask me. And then Runa, he didn't really have like a super strong 
start to last year and he was ramping up his game towards the end of the year. So he keeps that momentum going through the beginning of next year. He's going to be accumulating a ton of more points. So I don't know. I can see him definitely jumping into the top eight. Like how many people do you think are actually going to fall out of the top eight? One, two. That's the other part of it. Yeah. Well, Felix had a pretty good year last year. He stumbles a little bit. He could easily fall to the top eight. Like he could be nine, 10, 11. Mm-hmm. He doesn't pick up. You know, well, this guy just got on the scene winning titles. And I think that's why he bumped up. It's also worth noting. I mean, look at the discrepancies between Bavada and DraftKings. And I'll say no offense to, to Bavada, but it looks like, I mean, uh, among the top players anyway, the hold appears to be a little more drastic there. Like you can get Zverev minus 250, both books. Okay. Um, Medvedev is minus 400 at both books. Nadal's minus. I think 350 at DraftKings minus 500 at Pavada. Then Alcaraz and Djokovic are both minus 1600 at both books. But look at these other names. I mean, Kyrgios, yes. even money Pavada, plus money. Ogiel Yassim, minus 150 at Pavada, plus 140 at DraftKings. So there's a huge kind of, like the market has not settled because if anyone comes in with kind of like good information or or, or sharp numbers, one of these books is going to get Either draft if DraftKings is wrong and Bavada's right, DraftKings is gonna get hammered on that market. It's gonna come down a ton. That's a that's a big discrepancy between just Felix's market alone. Steph, though, is also um sorry, Runa is plus one fifty versus even money plus a hundred um between the two books as well. So DK has some some off market numbers if you're interested in that year end top eight uh market. What about some names further down the board here? Like a Jack Draper is 12 to 1. Uh, Musetti, who came on pretty strong to, to close out the year as well. Uh, maybe not to the you know the heights of Runa, but certainly had a strong finish to 2022. He's 14 to 1. Sarundolo, I don't know how he would get there, but he's 20 to 1. It'd be a hundred uh, to one. Yeah, Kashmanovich, uh, you know, he had that the, the 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 bright spot in March of last year, competing pretty deep in some thousands. He's twenty to one. Uh, definitely a young talent to keep an eye on. But this is the guy that I think uh, we he, he hasn't been named yet, and he, I can't believe we're this deep in. But Tommy Paul, sixteen to one. <laughs> Podcast favorite Tommy Paul, sixteen to one. Any any of these names a little deeper on the list? I mean, Tiapo, he certainly is going to be competing for all of these slams. Moving forward, I think, and uh, he's six to one. So not like crazy value, but, uh, you know, six to one isn't isn't awful. I mean, these might be podcast favorites, but I don't think they're going to be slotted in the top eight. I mean, like if you look at let's take a look at who'd you say first? Draper. Jack Draper. Jack Draper sitting in what? 42nd right now in the rankings for him to leapfrog over even guys like Berrettini, who's sitting on the outside of the top eight guys like her cats like i just don't see that happening whatsoever like i don't even see him barely cracking the top 20 you know and then cracking top 10 that's that's a pretty big feat sorry tommy paul like i got some little faith in you but dude you ain't you ain't getting there. Yeah, I, I think with the Draper point too, one, the physicality has always been an issue for him. It, it improved in 2022 versus 2021, but there's a few things to keep in mind with him. First off, you'd need like a grass title somewhere along the way to even have, you know, to sniff the top 15, I would say. And like, you know, if he wants top eight, you're going to have to make a deep run at Wimbledon and three of five is not his friend, right? And then he'd also need probably, you know, he'll get a wild card in or he'll get in on direct entry, depending on where his ranking is at the 500 in London, the Queens club, you know, he's, that is if they don't get their points stripped again, if they, if they ban Russians and, and Belarusians, where we have to see about that, uh, that's a whole nother kind of complicated issue with all of these, but 
let's say they don't, they have their points. He almost has to win that. And then I think Derek made a good point talking about, you know, Berrettini and Hercatch, people he has to jump over. Those guys are quick court, grass court guys too. So not only does Draper have to leapfrog these two more experienced, more seasoned, and like more ready for the the rigors of the, the full season on tour, but he's got to do it. But both those guys are guys that excel in the same surface as him, yeah. <laughs> you know, and the same, the same condition. So it's a really tough ask. Plus one other thing to consider. He has, I think four challenger titles all in the early portions, early goings of the season. Even if those are only 80 points, you know, that is, he has 80 points to defend there. You play a 250 in France uh, indoors where it's equally as quick. To defend those 80 points, you have to go to the semifinal of a 250 to get 90 points or the quarterfinals of a 500. So Draper right off the hop is going to be on that back foot kind of if, in terms of, you know, he's not going to feel the rankings pressure. But if you have a bet on him, you're going to feel the pressure because you're going to be defending a lot of early season points. And because he has the ranking to make that leap to ATP tour level playing tougher competition, you're now relying on him to make semis and quarters of 250s and 500s respectively mm-hmm. on a consistent basis. That's a big ask. Yeah, and I, I would think where he would, you know, make his money and get the points is uh, kind of like what Runa did to, to, to end 2022. You know, he is kind of an indoor guy, and uh, the season having that indoor run, you know, maybe some guys fall off a little bit. He could pick up some points, but at that point, he you'd probably have longer odds. I don't know they would if they would offer this uh, during the season, but uh, he would certainly be a longer shot than 12 to one uh, to finish there probably. And if anyone hadn't locked up their top eight already. They'd also be playing that tournament and get, and trying to gain their points as well, right? So, like, he wouldn't have as easy a path. I mean, if he's got an easy title or two, it's kind of implied that it's because the top players have already locked up their position, which kind of means he's dead in the water anyway. Well, then maybe, you know, some of these shorter, like, it looks like Hubie is a decent price at DraftKings. Uh, he's only three, 350, or he's only 300 plus 300, 3 to 1 on uh, Bovada, but... It's a pretty short hop for three to one. Decent look for Mr. Hercash, who, who certainly can can get there. Yeah. Um, what do you think about Nori at plus five hundred? I think if there's any long odds, maybe that like that that's a pretty big maybe for me though. For Nori to get there, he has to win the tournaments that like he can't lose Acapulco, right? I think he made the final there, or he has to at least make the final in Acapulco. Uh, he won Los Cabos, I believe, or was that Medvedev won? Medvedev won Cabo. Okay, yeah. His first title of the year on mud slow courts. The irony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you're basically counting on Nori to compete on those, like, kind of slower surface court. I just, I think it's going to be tough for Nori. Yeah, that's uh, true. And then I'm, like, rethinking about the whole Wimbledon situation, too, since that's, like, completely up in the air. And that would kind of be stringent on his gameplay, too. He has to make deep runs at slams, which he could, but I don't know. I, I feel like he's not really... He's a very solid player, don't get me wrong, but I don't know. The other thing, too, is how often do we see on the ATP Tour over the course of, I mean, go back five, ten years even, how often do we see a long shot that really like flies into the top eight by the year end? It's like the, what the men's game is. There's parity among the top ten. And then there's a drop off and then there's parity yeah. from like, you know, 30 to hundred. It's the top, the top end of the top end. And I think your best shot is to look at someone like Holger, like for me, Holger Runa plus 150 at DraftKings. I, I don't, I don't hate even money at Bavada, but I actually really like Holger Runa uh, top eight plus 150 at DraftKings. His physical issues were gone at the end of the year. He played week after week, after week, after week succeeded. His first serve and his second serve. I mean, I noticed his second serve improvement in a match against, I think, was it Henry Laxanen 
uh, he beat in the French Open. I was like, man, this kid's second serve is ridiculous. Like he had really worked on it and it translated to hard courts. It wasn't just the top spin kick that Clay kind of plays up. It was working on hard courts. He defends it well. His first serve is massive now. Uh, the physical issues are gone. He plays on all, all services but grass, which is one month of the tour. So I'm not really worried about that. Uh, and he's shown he can beat elite players. I mean, the guy took down Djokovic. He was the hottest player at the end of the year, not named Felix Ojeliasim. And I think even then, didn't he beat Felix, they went one and one against each other. At the end of the year, he beat Alcaraz. He beat Felix. He beat uh, Rublev, Hercatch. Those were all in straight sets. Djokovic in three. The kid has shown, I mean, he can. He beat Tsitsipas in straights as well indoors. Sinner in three. Like, he's beaten a lot of top players. So it's not like he's going to be racking up 250s and struggling to get into that year-end top eight. I think the kid is going to be competing at every event on clay and every event he enters on a hard court. He's got the athleticism for slow courts. He's got the serve for quick courts. I honestly think that, I mean, it, it, name me eight better players right now than Holger Rune. I, I don't know if you can. And I think that plus 150, like he's the one that's making the jump into the top eight. Whoever comes out, whether it's Zverev, whether it's another player who gets hurt for the rest of the year, I think he's the one that that is most likely to replace them. Yeah, no, I agree. He was like the first name that I looked up when I first looked at these future bets too and then i was thinking about last year you've started the year off like just outside the 100 and then so then he's gonna have much easier matchups first round matchups and getting buys and stuff going into this year so i think his, his load's gonna be even a little less too as well yeah i i would say to, to close this out i kind of like giapo at six to one and tommy paul at 16 to one i think both those guys <laughs> are going to be competing at the big events. I think they're going to make deep runs at thousand events. I think they're going to make deep runs at slams this year. Um, I think they can compete with the best in the world and they have pretty long odds. So yeah. I like that. You like that. <laughs> Let's move on to digging into some of these season end rankings over unders, which I think are pretty interesting here. Andre Rublev, who we've already kind of uh, poo-pooed his chances for the top eight, or at least uh, actually like talked up his chances of falling out of that top eight. Uh, he's at 10 and a half at 115 on, on either side over under. Uh, do we see Rublev as a, uh, a top 10 player in uh, 2023? I, I don't think, I don't think I do. I mean, for me, it's a, a nice, easy pass just because you know, one, it's a season long bet Two. It's 15 cents on each side, so it's a little more yeah. expensive. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I always fail to believe in Rublev, and he always manages to prove me wrong. You know what I mean? I just, yeah. I don't buy the game being well-rounded enough. I just, it, it's a forehand, it's a serve, there's some athleticism, but there isn't a ton of point construction, there isn't a ton of intent with his shots, it's just loaded up and ripped. And I just think there's too many players now. And like even Steph Sitsipas has like improved that part of his game. You've got Medvedev is a wall. You've got Djokovic, uh, Alcaraz, Runa. You know, you've got all these different guys that kind of have game plans when they go out there that I think are just a little bit better. I think there's a lot of backhands that are better than Rublev's. I, I don't see it. I think top 15 is probably, is probably you know, that 12 to 15 range is probably where he's going to end up. 12 to 15, huh? Yeah, it that seems logical. And, um, but yeah, like you were saying, he sometimes just pulls it out. Like you, you kind of think that his his game's just not going to get there, and for some reason he he just pulls through. But then he'll lose to like Andy Murray next week. So I don't know. Top ten, I think this is like properly 
what am I trying to say? I forgot how to say betting terms. Um, Spot on. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's probably booked. Brandon Nakashima, who Derek and I got to see play live in person in San Diego um, a couple months ago. Uh, they, they're expecting a little bit of a leap from him. I believe he's currently 47 in the rankings, but they have him making a pretty big leap here. He's got an over under of 25 and a half. I'm a little surprised uh, at, at this one. Are we seeing a, a prosperous 2023 from Mr. Nakashima? I think it's because of his performance in the next gen final. So people kind of just look at that and then they're just making bets based on that. I think it's more of a market play rather than the actual books making that line. It's a good point about the next gen finals. Yeah, I was okay. wondering where they got that number from. And, and recency bias is about as good of an explanation as I can think of. Honestly, I cannot think why that would be there otherwise. He feels like a 30, like in the 30s type player to me. Now, one question over means like he would be like if he, worse. Yeah. So he would be if over would be like ranked 26. So you're fading him. Yeah, I would say he's going to be higher than 25. Yeah, same. I feel like he's going to be in like the 30, 32, 35 range. Like, I don't even hate that on 15 cent juice. I I don't hate (laughs) that. That being said at 25 and a half, that's low. I think he has a title to defend, doesn't he? His first ever title. That San Diego one. And and that's San Diego. But that was a challenger. I mean, if, if. No, it was Ro- anyone remotely good. No, I know, but you know what I mean? Like the field yeah. was a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Like if, oh, yeah. if someone shows up this year, Fair yeah. enough. like that could be 250 points gone and, and he could only have a quarter. Like he, ah, he could lose like a couple hundred points there. And that, you know, drops you down. If you take 200, knock, let's say 150 points off his ranking, that's like he's out of the top 50. Ah, where does he make that up? I don't know. And I don't think he took a ton of time off this year. I don't think he was that hurt. It, it's weird to have him you know, a, a 22 spot jump is the expectation. Mm-hmm. I mean, he improved a little bit on clay last year or this past season, yeah. but I mean, that's pretty much an entire, you know, stretch of the calendar. He's going to be picking up zero points. And he made it to the second week of Wimbledon too. So I think going back to the whole is Wimbledon getting points. Oh. So um, I think that's part of the play too. That could be it. The algorithms are like taking what he did at Wimbledon. What, how many points that may have added, I like where he might be approximately should he repeat that. That's a good point. All right. Casper Rude, I think, is a good one to talk about. They have him at six and a half over and under. He's currently the third ranked player in the world. He has a lot of points to defend. He could end up eighth, eight to ten range very easily. Does he have two slam finals, both with he, points to defend? He does. Yeah. And a Miami final. Those three events alone, that's a lot of points. Yeah. I think he's gonna be the he's gonna be the trendy pick to drop out of it. Like if you had to tell someone current. Name someone in the in the top ten at the moment that's going to fall out of the top ten. Like if Zverev comes back and reclaims a spot, or if Runa pushes in, or if Sinner pushes in, he'll probably be the trendy pick to drop out. Um, I I I wouldn't go I against know. that though. Out of top ten, but ooh, over, but the over under is six and a half. You get Ugh. even money on the over too, with all those points to defend and an improved Runa, uh, a healthy Sinner potentially, and a healthy Zverev coming back. Mm-hmm. Even money. I mean. <laughs> Kind of enticed to like, I don't have, I don't use Bovada. I think it's bodog.eu here or something. Um, <laughs> but like, I don't use them, but like, I'm tempted to deposit, like, go well, open an account, go through the verification to deposit just to get these, like, the root and Nakashima lines kind of enticing on the overs. Agreed. And I would offer, or I would say, if you see this on, you know, I don't know, based on the year end, the differences between DK and Bovada, maybe there's other sites that offer this that are even more beneficial. All right, looking at these current rankings and looking at where Casper Root is, he's at three. So there's this guy named Novak who's sitting at five. So he's going to leapfrog Casper Root into the top three. So that puts Root at four. So if Medvedev leapsfrogs him and kind of regains that top five, 
So then you got Casper at six then. And then so guys that can also take over that spot, Fritz, Felix, maybe Holger Runa could get in that spot. So well, if I, you're already at six, I mean, you actually are hoping for Rude to fail and more yeah. than you're rooting for other people to overtake him. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just looking for some bad Rude results. So that yeah. could happen. So you put six right there and then go back to what John was saying about losing points. And I don't know. I, I feel, yeah, he's going to fall below six. And the funny thing, too, is as as I look at his 2022 season, you know, I talk about all these points that are be coming off. Miami will be tough to defend, I think. But on the flip side, Indian Wells, he had a tough draw with Kyrgios in the third round there. I mean, does that happen again? He's not going to – I doubt he goes back to play South America and vulture those 250s anymore. I mean, I think he's already announced he's going to play some European 250s on clay later in the season. So, like, he's already got that kind of quota filled. So, the 250 from Buenos Aires are probably gone. I cannot see him going back down to South America at that time of the year. But again, on the flip side, he didn't play the Australian Open last year. Didn't he get COVID? Or didn't he have something happen that he, point. he couldn't play Australia? So, he's got a blank slate. We know that the quicker courts don't bother him. We know that first serve is vastly improved. So, he like, he goes to the second week there. And that's, you know, makes up for the... Buenos Aires points and then some coming off. So there's a lot of machinations to factor in here. Can he go to the U.S. Open final again? Uh, I mean, his draw there was Kyle Edmund, Tim Van Reithoven, Tommy Paul, no offense. And Paul should have beaten him. Remember, Paul yeah. should have had him out. Uh-huh. Then it was Mute, and then an injured Berrettini and Hachanov. That may be one of the easier paths you ever see to a Grand Slam final. Yeah. So, like, I mean, he... He, I'm not going to say he can't replicate it. Of course he can, but it's not likely. Novak's going to be there this year. I think, you know, Rafa is probably going to be a, a guy that's lurking around. He's probably going to see someone like Pass, who's, again, not likely to lose the first round. I, there's just so many machinations. Montreal semifinal, that's a Masters 1000. Gestad, does he return to play that 250? Yeah, there, there's a lot of points that are going to be coming off, but there are similarly two or three spots at big events where you can add points. It, it's a whole cluster. Um, I just think that if I were to pick one side of the cluster to be on, uh, of course, there's a, a final syllable there that I'm not adding to that. Uh, but I, I'd pick the over six and a half. All that said, I'd still pick the over six and a half. And it, again, you're not paying minus 115, minus 115. You're, it's still a 30 cent vig, but you're actually getting a, an even money versus minus 130. So I think you're on the better side of that proposition in terms of value. Not just it is the better price, obviously, but I think you're also getting value there as well. This one I thought was pretty interesting a little bit further down here, and that's Nick Kyrgios uh, over under eight and a half. So that's him getting into uh, that that top eight. And he's uh, minus 130 to be over, so to be, you know, plus plus eight in rank. But he's even at, to get the under eight and a half. Now, this one is interesting to me because Kyrgios, there's a whole section of the calendar he just doesn't play. He did say he's going to play the French Open, but I mean, he what does that mean? He's going to try there. Yeah, <laughs> but... I mean, does he, if you take off long stretches of the tour, like he's, you know, notorious for doing is how, how could he get the points to do it? And there's no way he's going to make the, the Wimbledon final again. Like he had the like stone best run out to get there with like Berrettini being out a who he notoriously plays, uh, not that great against. He was out Nadal retired. <laughs> Thinking back, like it's oh. insane how fritzy, fritzy, fritzy. Uh, the uh, the run out this guy had to reach the finals. I mean, he's 50, he's like fourteen to one to win Wimbledon at Bet three six five, like the fourth or fifth favorite. In my book, I still think he's the second favorite. He's got the compact backhand, 
I don't think people realize how big of a difference that is. His net game and his doubles. I mean, he won the Australian Open doubles title last year. His doubles ability and his net game is there. The compact backhand on a quick surface. Don't need to go into the serve. He's more well-rounded, better mover, more athletic than a guy like Berrettini. He is the second favorite in my book to win Wimbledon. Uh, That said, he went through a lot. He, He went to a lot of tournaments without a mental like breakdown this year far more than he ever has even if like he has his second best year in terms of mental breakdowns in any particular match at any given time there's still room for like three or four more implosions in the second round of a big event where he went deep (laughs) and like the points come crashing down eight and a half top eight is he a top eight player in the world of course does that mean he should be ranked there no i mean he's like well the rankings only reward people who you know play a ton and win yeah that's the whole point of it. <laughs> it's like you... he, he he's complaining about that. I'm like, what are you saying? I mean, I think I saw someone tweet out. They're like, quick, name an event higher than a 500 level that Kiros has ever won in his life. I don't like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think he has the really kind of moral standing in that, in that kind of debate. And he's never liked the rankings. And unless he feels like he's been slighted, I don't think he has the motivation to really gives two hoots about it he knows he's one of the best players out on earth i don't think he needs a ranking to justify it i think he's going to keep doing what he's been doing and just taking time off and being like i know i'm the top five quality in the world i don't need my ranking to prove it and if that's the case i mean that over is just really enticing i agree with everything you just said yeah i would take the uh that over eight and a half i just can't see him pulling it together or even wanting to pull it together because he already knows that he's top eight in the world he doesn't really need to prove anything else that that it's in his own head i like to see him try every single tournament but no i've watched that guy long enough to know that that dude's damn well not going to be doing that but let's round out the uh over-unders with uh with a guy that i think we'll be talking about quite a bit uh in 2023 and that's sebastian corda he was uh very much a perplexing player in 2022 they have his over-under at 22 and a half uh you're eating 15 cents of juice on either side there um, but Corda, I'm going to make the bull case for Corda in that he had a great year end uh, of 2022. Could re- replicate that. And if he just has a, a regression to the mean in terms of results, aka don't blow it as much as he did. <laughs> throughout the year uh last year i think he i think sebastian corda is a top 20 player uh in 2023 or gets into the top 20 i i would put that money on like nelly corda i don't i don't know but <laughs> <laughs> ebass corda yeah i don't know that guy just we're always like indecisive on this dude just because he's inconsistent and ugh. He's currently sitting at 33. He definitely has room for improvement rankings-wise. Jumping up what would be 11, 12 spots. I would say he's going to be below that, as in he's going to be higher than that. Yeah, ranked 23rd or worst. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I I think it's too serve-dependent for me to pay. A... Again, I think like you have to evaluate. Like A number's got to be really nice to lock up your money that long, and this should be for fun money, like 50 bucks, a hundred bucks, even if you're betting 250 a, a bet, like this should be a fraction of that. Just because again, the opportunity cost of locking it up and the higher juice, the more expensive um, sides. But to me, it's like, there are better spots than here. I mean, it's so, if his serve improves a ton, yes, he finishes top 20. 
He's got the talent. He's got the athleticism. He's got the height. He's got the baseline power. But if his serve is where it is this year, he's not. He's not going to do it. And like we can't know that until the season starts and this park gets closed. So it's 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 there's too much variance. Knowing how variable that market is, there's just too much for me to get involved in that kind of thing. That's fair. That's fair. Thinking back about Corda's year, I I feel like he left a lot on the table. And there, there's these easy pathways for him to sneak into the top 20 with just a little bit more consistency and improvement, like not blowing it against Nadal, uh, Indian Wells, or not blowing it against Tiafo during clay season. Um, so there's, you know, I think he could have the ball bounce the right way in 2023. John, let's switch over to your your bets. Yeah, there's, uh, we have, I mean, you've got some markets that are just straight up to win a grand slam or not which is really interesting. I think, you know, you've got pretty much the only favorite though. These are all with Unibet, by the way. Uh, They're in, I think, Pennsylvania or yeah, Pennsylvania, a few states here in Ontario. And then they're big in in Europe for anyone who's over there. So somewhat widely available. There's a lot of three-way markets. Bavada has them as well, but with different players, I believe. Runa, Shapovalov, and Sinner is one of those markets. And again, this is another spot where like, I think Rune is just so undervalued. Keep in mind, once again, the holds can be a like the hold from the books a bit bigger in, in this regard. But it, to me, there are some bets that are still worth making in that in that sense. And this is one of them. I mean, he's plus one fifty to finish higher than Sinner and Shapovalov. And worth noting, this market closes the twentieth of November, twenty twenty three. He's just he's just better than Shapovalov. He's got the athleticism now of Shapovalov, the shot making of Shapovalov, infinitely more consistent, better clay quarter. And I mean, his serve has really closed the gap and the power has, has closed the gap. And Yannick Sinner is just perennially hurt. He's really skinny. I don't want to say a twig. That's almost disrespectful, but he, he's just too injury prone. And I don't think he's really built himself up enough in terms of his muscle mass to be able to like handle the wear and tear of a full season not to mention his second serve is weaker than than runa's right now and his ground game like his return game is very good and that might offset a bit but i i think holger runa's got a better got better prospects of staying healthy got better prospects across all surfaces although center is an all quarter as well so take that like how you will. I, I I think that he should be the favorite here and he's at plus 150, like Sinner at plus 105 being the favorite in this market. To me, that's just wrong. I don't know about you guys. What do you guys think? Like, is anyone thinking Shapovalov at plus 350 presents any value like to finish higher than Sinner and Runa? I think no. they just threw Shapovalov on there because they had to throw <laughs> somebody on there, right? But like, you could make that plus 500 and you couldn't, like, <laughs> I wouldn't be enticed to bet. Like, I want to know the guy betting plus 350 into this market with, like, a high hold. Yeah. And he's got to beat both these guys, not one. It's not, like, finish higher than Runa or Sinner. It's like, you got to finish higher than both. Yeah, no, I, I mean, in this grouping to finish uh, the season higher, I, I mean, I feel like Shapovalov is kind of a dead leg in this trio. So you're really just between Sinner or Runa, and you're getting a better price on Runa. So yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, this kid seems like he's arrived, as uh, as they say. So he, and, and I was going to mention before, you know, he's he's kept the winning rolling. He's uh, picked up some XO wins over uh, the, the time since the season wrapped up so uh, against uh, other tour players so he definitely shows no signs of slowing down i like the the grouping uh, below here and this is a great bet you got here with uh, who's going to finish higher between ben shelton yuri laheshka and yeah jason That's Sung. yeah um it's your it's plus 125 for laheshka and shelton and then plus 350 for for saying and i i don't want to be the guy that's like it's going to be like a trendy pretty public squarish bet but man there's a lot of fast courts for ben shelton to play on 
throughout 2023 if he wants to. And he is leaps and bounds better than the other two on For quick sure. surfaces. The other two like slower surfaces, and they're going to be better on clay than Ben is. Like, I don't think Ben's played a professional match yet on clay. So, uh, like, you're going to lose that part of the season. But if there's any indoor hardcore events, the challenger level, he could always dip back down and play the indoor challengers during clay season if he doesn't feel like playing you know, a clay challenger or or whatever. And those are going to be weaker fields while the rest of the tour is off playing clay tennis. So we'll see. That's what uh, Wolf did last year uh, after yeah, he exactly. made a bit of a splash in uh, Miami and Indian Wells. Shelton, when they release the futures for the Dallas Open, make sure you're, you're betting on Ben Shelton. <laughs> it's a, it's I break only, city with him. Yeah, I love that. FAA, Sissipas, or Rude. Uh, you have FAA. That one I, think I highlighted it. Yeah, that's I, I I've un, I've since unhighlighted it. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's actually a pretty smart market here. Like plus one fifty Sissipas, plus one eighty Ojalasim, plus one eighty Rude. I don't know why I highlighted it. What my thought process was, but I look at these prices again, and I'm like, I want no part of that. But it's an, it's it's an interesting one to talk about. They're all top like tennis players, right? Like they're all going to be in that hunt. So I, I do think it's a uh, an interesting note. By the way, one other thing I wanted to talk about Holger Runa on real fast. Top eight plus 150 DraftKings, Bovada, even money. Unibet gives you top 10 at plus 110. So if you want those ex- that insurance, it's 40 cents on the dollar to get from top eight to top 10. But geez, like you, you consider the, the caliber of players for him to have to beat two fewer elite players to get there. Could be worth it. It could be worth uh, that 40 cents. So there's multiple angles to attack that on. But yeah, back to the um, top 10 kind of discussion between City Pass, OJ, and Eastman Rude. And then Nakashima, Baez, and Draper. Now that Baez, I think, probably finishes outside. I love Baez, and he is a grinder, but I think he's going to be the, the third horse in that race. Comes down to Nakashima and Draper. We kind of talked about both those guys already. I think, I don't know, is Draper going to play you know a full clay he's gonna he could do that move too that you just spoke about of playing the the indoor challenger grind uh during clay season but i would be interested to see some more draper on clay nakashima did make some improvements in in 2022 on the clay he had he didn't have like the best results in the world but i believe he had he won a few matches and i think uh, did better than people uh expected and then to win a grand slam singles title here this is pretty good this is this is what i was talking about before um, this is just the yes to win one. Walk us through these, John. Well, the, the one thing, the, the only downside here is there aren't a lot of players. And that is, of course, the the kind of vague um, Alcaraz, yes, minus 120, no, minus 106, minus 105-ish. That's the only one you're getting a decent price on the no. Nadal, plus 150 to win a slam. Zverev, plus 300. pass plus 300. Felix, plus 330. Rude, plus 360. I mean, you could just see, like, the books don't really believe Casper's the third best player in the world. There's just no respect for what he did this year, despite the fact that he made two slam finals in 2022 and then another Masters final on top of that. Uh, Sinner, plus 410. Runa, plus 500. That's, I can't, like, I can't get away from Runa. All the, It's like core it's like they're almost like correlated right when you're seeing value on one i'm just seeing it everywhere with this kid the only tough part is and this is what i wanted to talk about again about runa it's i know i sound like a fanboy i'm not even that big of a fan honestly but i wouldn't take that plus 500 for one reason if runa is going to win a slam by process of elimination you're almost better off betting on the u.s open right is he ready to win the australian open on a quick surface best three or five right now probably not Clay is the surface he came up on. It's where he's most comfortable, but it's also the one that has the most crowded kind of field of elite contenders. Alcaraz, Nadal, 
Tsitsipas, Djokovic are all, like they have legitimate elite contender status for that slam. Wimbledon, he has not played or or won all that much on grass yet. I still think he needs an adjustment period. That brings us to the U.S. Open. He had a great end-of-the-year hardcourt run. His serve has improved. The U.S. Open courts are playing somewhat quicker, but they're not Australia or Wimbledon fast. And the U.S. Open is the one slam of the year that's that typically has these, you know, team Zverev matchups or Rude makes a final. The guys that are somewhat young that have that kind of athleticism to not feel that where they still got the young kind of bodies to not feel the wear and tear late season to compete in a best of five setting. Yeah. To I me, bo- that's that, that screams to me where Runa has the best shot at making a run and winning one. And that is 16 to one just to bet the U.S. Open. So if I were to bet Runa at all to win a slam, I would just take him for the U.S. Open odds as opposed to the yes market here. Because I just I don't think he has a shot at Wimbledon the Aussie and doesn't really have a great shot at the French, not enough to make me go from 16 to one to five to one, right? That's an expensive price to pay just to buy that kind of like French open insurance in a field crowded with elite players. To your point about uh, what slams are available. I mean, Fritz is the longest shot on the board. And I I would think that, you know, he's got as good a shot as any of these guys uh, for the AO to kick off the year. And he's substantially longer odds uh, than, than some of these guys. So if you're looking for that, we're just so I, I think he'll, yeah yeah he'll, I think he's compete three or four. I don't think he'll win the French. So similarly though, just betting him probably you know pre tournament might might even be better odds. What's this one? The top twenty oh top twenty five ranking? Yes. Oh, they threw Dominic team in there. I thought that was yeah. the most interesting part. Okay, you have here a top twenty five or to be in the top twenty five at the end of the year. Uh, it's just a yes no. On Unibet, names are Draper, Korda, Team, Nakashima, Rusevori, Brooksby, Baez. I kind of like Dominic Team to be in the top 25. So there's a couple things here. I actually kind of feel like paying the minus 210 or whatever juice to fade Team. Um, oh, okay. But the other thing, too, is look at the Nakashima number. Wasn't his over-under at Bavada 25 and a half? Yes. And you were paying minus 115 or getting even money to take the under. You can get plus 210. For top 25 here. That's the same market. That's right? important to line shop, folks. Or just, <laughs> I mean, it, and it's also an important, you know, a good lesson uh, is just, you know, sometimes these bets aren't one for one. They don't look the same, but they're the same. They're just worded differently. So you got to kind of look out for yeah. that as well. And this that's the thing. So as much as these can be, you know, we, I, I've mentioned it multiple times because I think it's important as as tough as these markets can be to beat and you lock your money up. This is also where you can find some stupid inconsistencies, right? We talked about Felix earlier, minus 150 versus plus 140 for the same market at two different books. Now you're getting Nakashima minus 115 or even money versus plus 210. Somebody is wrong. Like the market <laughs> has... It, the market, it's not like, you know, an NFL line where if 18,000 sharp models have the same number, they correct it right soon as it opens, right? It's within hours. The market, like you're, the the kind of number is being influenced into a more efficient place. We're not there in tennis, especially on these season-long futures. Like, this is ridiculous. I, I, think the I awards- hammer that Bovada over. That's why you got to ha- hammer the Bovada over. I think this is much closer to accurate, by the way, plus 210. Bovada's giving it to like minus one thirty or minus one fifteen. <laughs> like, geez. yeah, it's tough. Uh, even of the uh, offshore, I think um, bet online is a little softer when it comes to tennis versus Bovada. Uh, they just don't have a big as big a menu. Um, Dude, with that Nakashima bet, though, if you make this two to one bet on here and then you just bet no on Bovada, Arbit. Yeah, you can basically get a free bet. Yeah, 
So you bet the over on Bovada, over 25 and a half, and then you bet the yes to finish in the top 25 at Unibet. Exactly. That There's a huge amount of art potential in there for sure. Because they do give yeah. you both sides. It's not like the, the other thing too is some of these are unarbable. Like the to finish inside the top eight, you can't arb that Felix market. Because the only like they only they both offer you yes only right and so even though they're like ninety cents to a dollar apart you can't you can't arbitrage it this one you can because they they both offer you a two way market even though the vig is a bit higher mm-hmm. they're so far off that it's still very very arbitrable I just wonder how much one each of their max bets and two they do coordinate behind the scenes to find arbors and I don't think Unibet is a sharp book like they will limit so you could find your account gone so you better. You better get down the max on that. If they allow five, six, seven hundred, and I mean, is that even worth losing your account over? I don't know, but that's the other side of it. But there is an ARB opportunity there for sure. Yeah, they just want to hold your money for interest. I want you to put down like the freaking craziest amount of money, and they're right? like, "Oh, it's a free bet," and it's just like, uh, you just throw like thousands yeah. of dollars on it, and they're, like just raking money off you for freaking eleven months. <laughs> that's the that's the other thing too. It's like uh, arbing an eleven month bet is like doubling up on how much money you're locking up for that uh for that period so these are fun like i didn't realize that futures markets could have so many different freaking talking points it's great i like the 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 ones you highlighted here with the top 50 yes no you have two no's for andy murray and uh, sam orinka and i have to say i think those are two uh no's i agree with (laughs) i don't uh, foresee these guys uh finishing the year in the top 50 i'm surprised to get even money on Murray there. You know, it's it's one of those things where how many tournaments did he actually win more than one match at this year? Like I mean, not he had too some, many. Yeah, he had some blips of uh success, but I I, I certainly thought he would have had a better finish uh, on the indoor hardcourt season than he did. I, I was kind of looking forward to actually like catching him. And he was not price great either during that run uh, as well, but uh, yeah, I mean, what 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 where is he going to have success? It's indoors, right? I mean, and those are you know, he's going to be trying to make up a lot of ground probably uh, at the end of the year. And that's the problem is because of his physical situation with like multiple hip replacements, end of the year is a terrible time for him because his body's going to have so much wear and tear on it. There's a few things. One, he's 49th as is. So that's why the yes is shaded. Consider the fact that he went to the final in Sydney last year, lost to Karatsev. Karatsev has a title to defend in January. That's going to be fun. Um, <laughs> but like Murray's defending a final. He went past... Sorry, he had more than one win in Sydney, Madrid, and he he won his second match and then gave a walkover because like winning that second match just totally depleted him. He was done. A challenger event, Stuttgart went to the final. Good on him. The U.S. Open and he honed and Newport. So he did win, but there was a lot of times he won one match or none and he was done. And he's got a final to defend in the first week. He's got a final to defend in Stuttgart. I, I don't buy it, man. I just... And he's getting older. Like he's not getting younger as, as the years go on. I, I wish we, any of us could do that, but guess what? We don't get younger. Like <laughs> I just don't see how he stays in the top 50 and it's even money. Like how is this not juice to high hell? Yeah. And while Rinka, I mean, I, I, he has flashes and he just, he just beat Berrettini in the EXO uh, last week. But I, I mean, this guy's he's fired out of a cockpit. He's not a, got a lot of court coverage. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh, he's 148th in the world and he's got a semi-final in Mets to defend and a quarterfinal in Basel. Bruh, like yeah. he's gonna he's gonna race like you could hit this my like this no, it's minus 115 each side again, or like minus 113 or 12 or 14 or something. 
But you can hit this, and there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be watching his ranking intently that are going to like try and drop a couple <laughs> hundred on it. And they're going to be nervous because he's going to go from 148 to like 45 in the first half of the season. Everyone's like, damn, this bet is dead. And then they're going to realize as soon as the US Open hits, he's got to do like, he's got to defend a, a quarterfinal at a 500. He's got to defend, defend a semifinal at a 250. He's got to defend round three at Rome, which is before you know, that kind of summer stretch. Like he's got to jump 98 spots and he's got <laughs> several runs to defend. I, I don't buy it, man. I think that's ambitious to put him top. Like if that market was like top 75, I, I wouldn't bet it. I think that would probably be price right. But like, I feel like I'm getting 25 free ranking spots on this market. Yeah, no, you're not wrong there. I love the guy, but homeboy is washed. Like there, <laughs> no way he's getting in the top 50. I think that's an auto play. I don't care how long you have to put your money online for. You won't see that thing for 11 months, but hell dude, just, just lock in that bet. An auto play. And then we can throw some auto tune under all the bros and homeboy. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let's round to the finish. Uh, with a pretty sp- spicy one, which is uh, end of season ace leader. John Isner was the 2022 ace leader with 40 less matches than the uh, number two, which was uh, FAA. <laughs> so easy uh, odds on favorite here once again. Opelka is uh, number two here. Kyrgios, uh three. Cressy is a serving volley guy. Um, he's uh, fourth in line. And then it's Hubie, FAA. Baratini, Bublik, kind of the the big hitters. Uh, John, what do you think about this one? Man, I was so gung ho on like Kyrgios is playing a fuller schedule. Might he playing the French? Maybe not the rest of Clay, but it's okay because no one gets aces there anyway. And Isner only plays one or two tournaments there too. And then you told me about like Isner just like lap the field basically led it this year minus forty matches. I was like. Well, that kind of like, like took all the wind out of my sails. Yeah. Because I was like, Isra's not playing anymore. He doesn't play much. And then, and then when we were talking about this, it's like, yeah, but he still led and won it this year. So like, I don't know, man. I, I think I'm going to throw 20 or 25 bucks on Felix and Nick. Put it that way. I don't know yeah. if Nick's going to play enough of a schedule. I don't know if Berrettini is going to be uh, healthy enough. He's like that dude as a, a, you can see he still doesn't look quite back to 100 percent he's got a like massive frame if he re-injures himself i don't want to have money there so i'll, I'll throw a, a, like a, a fun punt on uh on those two guys i were to play this i would structure my bet by taking isner opelka curios and Hercats. spread it amongst those four probably go bigger on obviously isner and then i don't know and then you got some three little side fun bets but you always got isner as your little safety blanket I, I oh, kind of like he only beat Felix by five. Yeah. Oh, I kind of like FAA because he's going to play the more matches probably than Hubie, than Cressy, than Kyrgios, and Bublik. And he was only five off. Now he played a, a lot of matches this year. Uh, he played 21 more matches than Hubie, 30, almost 30 more than Cressy, played 81, and he played Kyrgios played 47. Uh, so. Oh man, man, Sissy Pass played 83. Um, That's and nuts. he was like still 200 off the 200 plus <laughs> off the lead. So, when it the comes question to question, is does Isner play even two or three fewer matches this year than he did last year? Like 35 because five aces, like he plays five fewer matches. That's like at least 50 aces off his total. Then Felix has a lot of wiggle room. Now, is he gonna regress to like 70 matches though? Then it becomes right, and that's the thing. 
That's but it's, it's tw- you're going to 12 to one here. 12 like to it. one to back the guy that finished five aces away from winning it this year. I like it. Like there, I- there's a huge assumption that he's not going to play as many matches or that he's going to regress. There's a massive assumption in that market. I agree. I think it's great. I like. I think he's the best value on the board in that one, and that's a that's a fun yeah. one. Isner though, I, I, it's good to bring up because just just shows how dominant John Isner is with the serve um, <laughs> when he plays. Still, even still, and he was pretty bad this year. He was not good. He was not good in 2022. He lost to uh, Gaston in Miami just to refresh how bad he was. <laughs> I'm surprised he got to 40 matches. I do not remember yeah. him playing 40 matches. I'm surprised Kyrgios only played seven more than him. And Hurtcats uh-huh. only had 62. Well, he didn't have a great year. He made a lot of deep runs and then a lot of like random losses too. Okay. Hurtcats is a great guy to fade. If 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 you fade him, if he wins two matches in events, stop fading him. But if you can fade him early with like plus 300s, Enough of those cash. Like, he's a fun guy to fade in the right okay. spots. Like, even Fritz, I guess he only played 62. Looking up the the total matches, though, is a good kind he's of a good it. indicator for this, uh, the, the, the season end rankings as well. Corda played 55, Stevie J, 33 matches. <laughs> he played a lot of challenger. Um, all right, guys. Uh, well, I believe uh, we have said it all. There is more to say, but we've said it all for now uh, on these. Uh, I feel like it was a good little um, appetizer for the, the season, which is going to start sooner than you think. It's only a couple weeks away. We have let's run down what we're looking at. Actually, I have it up. United Cup, baby. United Cup. Two weeks today. The United Cup is two weeks away. We have Adelaide one. We have uh, a return to India, and we have Auckland and Adelaide two, and then uh, in the AO. Don't, so, don't forget Breakpoint season one coming to you on Netflix. Oh uh, yeah, yes. If uh, you enjoy this podcast, uh, we'll probably be talking some Breakpoint on it. So uh, we'll we'll it won't be exactly a talk back, but I'm sure we'll have some talking points from it. So all right, guys. Well, uh, if you made it here, thanks for listening. Uh, don't be afraid to give us uh, a subscribe or a like or a review or any of that good stuff. Uh, we'll be back uh, in January, and uh, until then, see you in the court.